You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. Follow along on social media at Collected Workshops and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and to learn more. The Collected Podcast is sponsored by Clean Juice, a certified organic nutrition and wellness bar with more than 100 locations in development in 16 states. Learn more at cleanjuice.com. Welcome to episode 30 of The Collected Podcast. I'm Michaela Hooper. I'm Jess Biondo. And I'm Tia McNelly. We are here today with Cheryl Wunderlich. Oh, I love her. You guys, I'm like totally so gaga sweet. for Cheryl. <laughs> she and was she amazing. has a powerful story. She's a three-time cancer survivor. Yeah, yep. And through that whole you know time in her life, those three different times in her life, God just talk to her about rest and Sabbath. And so she has a 10-week Bible study called Finding Rest in a Restless World. And then um, her newest release is a devotional book called Sacred Rest, Finding the Sabbath in the Everyday. It's a beautiful Mm -hmm. little book. It is. And she is just such a wonderful, sweet spirit. And it comes out in everything she says. I loved that when we were talking to her about what we could ask her, she said, ask me anything. Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid to share anything too personal. Yeah. I think that we have to be vulnerable and real with one another. And I was like, this is going to be good. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, you could you could hear the tenderness oh, in yeah. her voice. Like, So listeners, you will, you will hear that as she shares. Here's our conversation with Cheryl. Hey, Cheryl, welcome to The Collected Podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Um, to get started today, can you just share with our listeners a little bit about um, who you are and how you came to know the Lord? Well, I came to know the Lord when I was in high when I was in college, and a gal came by my room and she had a little booklet called The Four Spiritual Laws, which is a book published, little booklet published by Crew, and she went through the whole booklet, and I had. Um, really my whole life gone to church, but I really didn't have a personal relationship with the Lord. She went through that booklet. I agreed with everything that Christ died, that he rose again, that I was a sinner. I knew all that. But when she got to the end, there were two diagrams. One was a circle and there was a little chair represent the middle with self on the throne and a little cross represent representing Christ. Um, on the side of that throne. And then there was another picture with Christ on the throne and self on the side of the throne. And the first picture, everything in life was kind of jumbled around, represented by all these dots, thrown haphazardly in the circle. And the other one, all the dots were neatly arranged around the edge with Christ on the throne. And she asked me, which which one represents your life? And I said, well, self on the throne. And then she asked, well, which one would you like it to represent? And I said, I would love for Christ to be on the throne. And I realized then that faith was more than going to church. Faith was more than checking off all the boxes and trying to be a good person. That faith was about knowing the Lord and having the Lord really being in charge of your life and surrendered to Him. And so we prayed right there in my dorm room. 
and I received Christ. And the wonderful part of the story is I was dating a young man at the time, and I was so excited about what I had figured out, this missing piece. I had always thought that something was just missing in my church experience, and I had finally found it, and he grew up in the same religious background, and so I shared the booklet with him the next day. I didn't know it was the gospel. I didn't know what I was doing, and he prayed to receive Christ. <laughs> and he is my husband now. Whoa. So. I love kind that. Kind of a very fun story. Wow. That's incredible. So as you grew in your maturity and your walk with the Lord, how have you seen that come to play, like actively putting Christ on the throne? Because that's easy to say, mm-hmm. but how have you done that in your life? Well, for me, it was very much a process. I'm a very type A driven personality. I like to set goals. I like to have plans and I like to execute those plans. And, you know, there were various trials in my life. And I think the biggest trial that I had um, was when I, I, I have had cancer three times, three oh, wow. different kinds of cancer. But the first time I was diagnosed with cancer was in college. And I Um, had to withdraw from school. I had to go back home. I was without my support system, without um, the goals of, you know, trying to get through school and a career. Everything that I had dreamed of doing was really the rug was just pulled right out from under me. And it was just me sitting back at home. And I really began to read the Bible and seek after the Lord. And I just realized that a lot of my life had been self-effort and kind of inviting God along (laughs) for the ride. Mm. And at that point, I really had to say, Lord, I don't know if I'm going to have another birthday. I don't know if these treatments are going to work. I don't even know if I have the courage and strength to do what you are asking me to do in my life. But I am asking you, I'm begging you to take over. I'm begging you to be in charge of everything and really came to a point that I really wanted to surrender everything. And as I read the Bible, the words jumped off the page. The promises of God became so real to me. God became so much more real. So that my faith wasn't just a series of disciplines, but it was really a faith of clinging to the Lord um, for who he was. And I think that instead of being a life of self-effort, it really became a life of, I want to serve you. If I have minimum, you know, maybe minimal days left, who knows how many I have, I really want to make them count. And that's, that was really a big transition time in my life. Wow. It really puts things in perspective. It really does. Yes. And I wonder too, I noticed that a lot of your writing is about, is about rest and Sabbath and, um, so I just wonder kind of if there was tension between this feeling of, of almost urgency in, mm-hmm. in having cancer and also resting in him. And I don't know if that was a thing for you, but it seems like it would be a tension. Well, you know, I think the first part of the, the rest and what I learned is that my life was going along at breakneck speed. I have three children, and so I was a busy mom. I had one in middle school, one in elementary school, and one in preschool when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, which was the second cancer I had. And life was going along at a very fast pace. And so when I got the second cancer diagnosis, I, again, the rug was kind of you know ripped out from under me, and everything that I was doing came to a screeching halt. 
old and I even couldn't care for my own family, making meals, doing laundry, really without help. I needed people to help me meet just the basic requirements of my home, let alone running kids around to soccer and, you know, all the other activities they did and the busy life we had. And I found it just almost impossible to idle down and to rest. Um, A friend took me out to lunch right after I was diagnosed and she said, Cheryl, the single most important thing that you need to do every day is rest. And I just thought I, I haven't rested for years, probably since I had my first child. And I didn't know how to rest. I didn't know how to dial down. I just felt, um, completely and totally stuck. And that's when I began crying out to the Lord and looking through the scriptures to say, to see what God had to say about doing that. I thought if God tells us that he's given us everything we need for life and godliness, then surely his word would have something to say to show me how to rest. And so I almost think that having clarity about rest actually helped me live life more intentionally because when you don't know how many days you have left or how long you're going to have to live, you really begin to think about what your priorities are. And so while I had an urgency to live for better priorities, I also had slim down priorities. Mm. I knew that a lot of what I was busy doing wasn't necessary or maybe was beyond the scope of what God really intended me to do. So paring down to the essentials and the things that were really most important and be intentional about that, I think helped me live with a purpose, but also in more balance to rest and to work as well. Wow. So was it after your second experience with cancer that you decided to write the devotional book? I wrote a Bible study first and then a devotional book after that. So what um, what made you want to write that? Or did you always want to be an author? Or what was your process there? Well, I have a journalism degree. So I was trained to and worked for a newspaper and a radio station before I decided to be a stay-at-home mom with my children. So I had that background. And I really... Um, just love the Word of God. And as I began sharing with people about what I was learning about rest, so I did a thematic study on rest, which is looking at rest every time it occurs in the Scripture from Genesis through Revelation. And that is how I really searched out what God's Word had to say about rest. And as I began sharing and talking to women, they just were like, oh, you know, you got to write a Bible study. You, You need to be able to share these things with other people. And so the process of putting down and putting together and organize what I had learned turned into that Bible study. And as women um, began doing that Bible study, had a group of readers, just a group of eight friends who loved the Lord. And as I wrote each chapter of the Bible study, they went through it and they gave me suggestions about putting that Bible study together. And um, so word got out, I was working on it and I had so many people come and ask to see it and ask to do it that I just knew that I had to finish that and put it down and put it together. Yeah. And so that's how that's how the Bible study came to be. You know, I find it interesting that your friends were the ones who called that out in you. And yes. it's so it is so um, common for us to have our believing friends see what God has placed in us 
and and written on our souls for us to do for the kingdom before we recognize it ourselves. It's so true. I mean, I took a lot of my notes and I put them in a binder and I thought, oh, maybe I should do something with these. And I thought, no, nobody interested. You know, it was just my personal journey. And I I actually put them away in my shelf in my office and wasn't going to do anything with them. And that very afternoon, a friend called and needed advice. And I took those notes out and shared with her some of the notes from the rest study that I had been putting together. And she was like, this is amazing. You have got to share this. And so that's when I pulled those notes off the shelf and began putting them together. So it definitely was friends bringing that out of me. It was never anything that I had intended to pursue. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, and I think it's so true that many times in our lives, the words that God gives us are for us and for our encouragement and our growth. But then mm-hmm. also for the kingdom and yeah. to encourage those around us and point people back to him and continue to just, you know, advance God's kingdom. Yeah. Yes. And I do find too that when there is something that we struggle with in particular out of our need and then pursuing the Lord to find answers or solutions and we dig into the word that we sometimes feel very alone in that quest, but there are other women who are feeling that same way. And I just realized that as I talked and as I shared that there are so many women struggling with this idea of trying not to be over busy and trying to rest in our frenzied, hairy culture, that this was just something that that not only me, I needed personally, but a lot of women around me needed the same thing, and I didn't realize it. Yeah. You know, and and um, you talk about sort of a rhythm of work and rest and finding yes. rest. And so what can, what can you share with us about that rhythm and what you have realized about the rhythm of work and rest? Well, one of the things I realized right away in the first few chapters of the Bible when I began studying rest is that God created our universe in a rhythm. You know, if you look through the creation story, it says um, God created, God, God spoke, and it was so, and there was evening and morning the first day, and then God spoke, and it was so, and God saw it was good, and then evening and morning the second day, and you just see this rhythm and this pattern to the way that God did His work, and then He mm-hmm. worked six days, and He had that seventh day off, and as I looked at that, I began just looking out creation, seeing how many things, you know, our women's bodies the seasons changing in our lives really all work on a pattern of of rhythm and timing and repetition and um just seeing this great rhythm that God had worked into um, the pattern of creation around us in our world. And then as I began looking further through Scripture and even looking at Christ, He also worked in a rhythm of work and rest. Even when the crowds were pushing in on Him, He stepped away Mm -hmm. to have time in alone with His Father. And so His life wasn't dictated by the demands around Him. His life was dictated by His relationship with His heavenly Heavenly Father. Mm, that's good. And, Say that one more time. His life. <laughs> that, that Christ's life wasn't dictated by the demands around him, but by his relationship with his Heavenly Father. That's good. 
And so as I looked at my own life, I thought a lot of my life is lived based on the pressures on me and my schedule and demands that maybe I place on myself or others place on me. And that's not how God created me to live. God created me to live in a pattern of work and rest because that's how he worked and demonstrated that. And that is how Christ lived. And even though, even when Christ you know, went to the cross and died and rose again and sat down at the right hand of God and finished the work that the Father gave him, there were still people to be healed, there were still people to be ministered to, there were still unmet needs, but he had completed the work the Father gave him when he sat down at the right hand of God. And so I began to think about what work has the Father given me to do? It's not to give everything. It's not to do everything. It's not to be superwoman. But there are specific things that God has called me to do personally and each one of us in the works that he has given for us to do in our lifetime. And I think sometimes we try to conquer everything, and that's not what God intends. Yes. And so I looked at that, and I thought, you know, I need to have a rhythm where I have certain hours of sleep, where I have certain hours of working for the Lord, certain hours of dialing down and resting, and certain hours mostly of coming apart and being with Him and spending time with Him. And that really was what was missing missing in my life, this deep, intimate relationship with the Lord. I was doing things for the Lord, but I wasn't focused on knowing Him. Mm-hmm. And so I began to build that into my life to take times out and set them aside to really know Him instead of running around and frantically doing for him all the time. And that really has made all the difference to me. This episode of The Collected Podcast is once again sponsored by Clean Juice, our favorite sponsors. And they provide certified organic juice and products, not just some of the time, not just when they can, but all of the time. And they take such pride in that. Um, You know, you enter a juice bar with the purpose of being healthy But so often, um, most of the common ingredients found at other juice bars are on the list of some of the most highly contaminated foods on the planet. But Clean Juice believes in being organic Mm -hmm. and that the most efficient way to reduce exposure to chemicals and pesticides and avoid GMOs is by providing just organic products. And you know what? They just taste so much better. Better. It's so good. Yes. And when you go in their store, it's so family friendly. Mm-hmm. And they're a family owned company. Yep. Or it was founded by a family. Yeah. And it actually started like in their kitchen. Yeah. Because they were looking for another way mm-hmm. to feed their family. Feed their family. Yeah. And, you know, make sure that it was healthy and clean. And so it started there. Yeah. And now, they're, they've grown so much. I mean, it's literally spreading like wildfire. So, And we love the heart behind Clean Juice. Um, we've told you before, and we want to reiterate again, that every single location has a prayer request jar. And they truly want you to leave um, your prayer requests with them for them to pray over. And the community is welcome to pray over those too. So take advantage of that when you visit your local Clean Juice. And download their app and find one near you. It sounds like rest is such a vital part of identity. Yes. Like through that rest, we'll know what we are to say yes to, what we are to say no to, and who we Mm -hmm. are 
to be, like what God has placed in front of us for this day. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think, you know, we can go through life when we get busy, and this is just such a, a pitfall for all of us. When we get busy, we don't sit down and think carefully and evaluate because we just don't have time to do that. We're just going to, from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. And I think in the absence of that rest and that opportunity to pause before the Lord and pray and evaluate, it's so easy to say yes to things, yep. take things on, sign up our kids to do certain things, help that neighbor make that extra meal, which, you know, doesn't seem like a big deal in the long run. But what happens is it reduces the margin in our life. You know, I'm talking about margin. I'm just, if you look at a a piece of, you know, a printed piece of paper, a page in a book, it's got white space all around the edges. It's got paragraphs. There's margin there. And when that gets reduced in our lives, when our lives run all the way to the end of the pages of each one of our days, we don't have that margin. And then we begin being really bound to the tyranny of the urgent where we're just doing the next yes. urgent thing instead of having some quiet time to take a breath, step back, think about you know what we're doing, think about the commitments we're taking on, thinking about the kind of atmosphere that we're conducting in our own home. If we get too busy, our homes get very busy and very scattered instead of being a haven for people to come and regroup. All those things get missed on us. We just keep going and going. And so putting that margin in that time to evaluate really helps us keep a better balance and stay tied closely to the Lord and doing His will instead of just maybe doing our own will. That's so true. And, you know, that really relates to a concept that we drive home at Collected Workshops, and it's this contrast between between being reactive and proactive. And, in, yes. and if we're going to live with intention, we have to be proactive and build in that time and space to be able to reflect, evaluate, and set intentions for our lives in Christ. Yes. Or we're going to be constantly, and like you said, the tyranny of the urgent. We're going to be mm-hmm. victims, and and you know we're going to be um, slaves to to what is what life is demanding of us, rather than what we know yes. God has asked us to do. And so, thank you for reiterating that message and for bringing light to it through this concept of rest. I just mm-hmm. I love the rhythms when you said um, when you said that about the female body. For some reason. I just have never really thought about rest in in regard to the female body. And that really opened up that concept to me in a new way. So thank you for Mm -hmm. that. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, one of the things as you're talking, I think about, and one principle that I learned that was um, eye-opening to me and doing this study on rest is... um, is abiding. When we talk about in Mm -hmm. chapter 15 of John, it talks about the vine and the branches remain in me and I remain in you or abide in me and, you know, Christ abiding in us, us abiding in him and will bear much fruit. And apart from him, we can do nothing. I think that oftentimes we can go through the day and accomplish things that we feel very good about checking off our to-do list, but really apart from Christ, we can do nothing. If we want to have eternal value to the things that we're doing, the people we're investing in, if it's done through Christ and with the power and the help of Christ because we've been abiding with Him, those are things going to make an an eternal impact. We're not just going to be busy doing things. We're going to be busy doing eternal things. The other part of that abiding 
in that same passage talks about that the gardener, in order to bear much fruit, he prunes. And so a mm. very fruitful life when we're abiding in Christ is a pruned life. Instead of looking at how can we wedge more into our schedule, if we really want to be bear fruit, we need to be taking things intentionally out of the schedule yeah. and leaving them undone. Because if we want to bear more fruit, the, the gardener will very prune, carefully prune and take things out. And that does so create true. that margin we were talking about and time to meet with the Lord and and really truly abide in Him and be with Him. So we're filled with Him when we go out into life instead of just ourselves and our own efforts. Yes, so good. So good. And do you have any practical tips for our listeners of how they can begin to do this? Like first steps, if they're realizing, oh, I don't have margin, I am being reactive all the time, what would you say to them? Well, I would say the first thing that I think to to maybe put in the forefront of their mind, which is really what changed my whole life, is this lunch that I had with an older godly woman who said, Cheryl, the single most important priority for each one of your days need to be rest. And so I would say, you know, to put up on the priority um, list of your life, a little space of rest and time with the Lord, whether that would be maybe getting up 10 minutes earlier or maybe um, not going through Facebook or cruising Instagram for 10 minutes intentionally, maybe when you would normally sit down and do that, really carving out a time that you can focus on the Lord and give to the Lord and breathe in and breathe out and rest with Him and just be instead of running around and doing. I think when I just know in my own life, when I put the Lord first or make that priority to meet with God and be with God and rest in Him first, the whole rest of my day goes so much better. And I'll tell you right now, I'm very overwhelmed because I was out of town helping my son out in New York and came back home to piles of laundry and a messy Mm, kitchen and bare cupboards and just on and on felt very overwhelmed and we're getting ready. It was a trip out of town to help my son that I wasn't expecting to make and came back home. So I've got all these things and mail. And then my, then we're going on, um, a trip for my daughter. She's a senior for her spring break, oh, and fun. her invitations arrived in the mail, and her, her graduation announcements. I need to order a picture, like on and on. I'm just feeling so overwhelmed. Yeah. And I wanted to get up and race into the day and start tackling everything. And God just reminded me look, come to me. You are feeling overwhelmed. You are tapped out. You are dry and empty. Let me, the one who has living waters, fill you up first and then go into your day. And I'm telling you, when I began meeting with the Lord first and taking time to meet with Him that I didn't have, I my days, I've been so much calmer. Things yeah. are getting done. It's way more organized. I, mm. I just can't explain the difference that it makes. I would start with that tiny commitment to meet with the Lord first, even if it's a short period of time, and just put Him to the forefront. And I think that will begin, hopefully, being a habit that gets a little bit more stretched out in terms of time and um, time with the Lord and abiding in Him. And I think that that will help carry a calmness into the rest of the day. So that's really where I would start. Yeah, that's good. Well, and it's it's like even, you know, the to-do list doesn't change. You still have to, you know, accomplish all of these things. But yes. that time of rest changes your perspective it on does. it. 
Yeah. And you're not as frazzled and you can still find joy in the mundane things and in the to-do list when you have a moment to just rest and just be Mm -hmm. and remember that. You know, there's there's more to life than just the to-do list. That's right. Absolutely. And we do need to recharge our batteries. Some of the research that I did on rest was eye-open to me. Um, it talked about how if we take a task or even our whole day and just drive and drive and drive at it without taking a break because we feel like we can't spare one, we become less and less efficient and effective at what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. But if we work an hour and a half chunks and take like a 15 minute break, an hour and a half chunk and take a 15 minute break, the ability to, um, be productive goes up exponentially when you build those breaks in. And this man designed a whole company He with um, on that principle, and his workers had way less sick days. People didn't burn out. Nobody left his company for like a period of eight years. He forced them to take their vacations. And, you know, God did that too. Like God worked six days, and then he had a whole day off to rest, and that day was sacred and set apart as holy. All of that research this man did was in the secular realm really matches up with scripture. And so when mm-hmm. we trust God to discipline ourselves, to take those breaks and rest with him, he actually does, I feel, multiply that time and make us more effective than just continuing, continuously driving ourselves along. Mm-hmm. And he even did that in the Old Testament when he told them not to gather their manna on a Sunday, but to rest. Saturday, they gathered more manna, and they had enough to eat over the weekend that they didn't need to work on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so God and God blessed the land when they let it rest every um, seventh year for a Sabbath rest and didn't work and farm the land that seventh year. God gave them bumper crops before and after that resting time to provide for them because he was caring for them yeah. while they rested. And he cares for us while we rest too. Mm-hmm. So part of it is having enough faith to realize if I put my work down and I live the way God's asking me to out of obedience, that he is going to bless and kind of make things up so that things can fit. Yes. Oh, Cheryl, that is so good and so timely. I feel like that's just an on-time word. And so we're grateful for you and we're so super grateful for your time um, and that we were able to sit and chat with you for a bit today. I feel like I just want to sit and drink coffee with you all day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I would love to sit and drink coffee with you girls too. <laughs> Better than doing my laundry to get ready for my trip. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are out of time, but thank you so much, Cheryl. And we hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you very much. Cheryl carries grace and sweetness. Mm-hmm. I, as I listened, I thought to myself, this is a woman who has clearly been through a lot and yet she has been able to see the gold yeah. in moments that she could have lost sight yeah. of God's goodness yeah. and his grace in her life. And so the sweetness that comes from her voice, mm-hmm. I think is just partly because of the fact that she's been able to walk through the fire mm-hmm. and come out on the other side refined yep. Yep. and a little bit more aware of yeah. who God is and his favor in her life. Yeah. She, she 
I, I when I think about being in college, being college age, maybe late teens, early twenties, and having that yeah. first cancer diagnosis. And having to just really put life on hold and being so young, yeah. I, I can I can just see how things could have gone very differently for her and her mm-hmm. attitude and yes. perspective if it had not been for the Lord. And I loved the boldness of her friend that shared her faith with her and, mm-hmm. and that she shared her faith with her future husband. Yeah. <laughs> that was precious. I love that. Well, and that each time she got diagnosed again was the opportunity to let bitterness take root. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm sure she wrestled with a lot of those questions of like, you know, God, why again? You know, she didn't get into that, you know, so I don't know. But ultimately she chose to, in each of those tough situations, lean into God and continue to grow her faith and dependency on Him through the struggle. Um, And, you know, that's so much easier said than done. Yeah. I feel like I want to go grab her devotional book um, and Sacred Rest yeah, and and dig into that, dig into that concept. I love that she said she did a thematic study because that's really my style yeah. of like figuring out what God's talking to me about and then go see what the Bible says about it. Yeah. Everywhere, every rabbit trail, everything that I can do to figure out, okay, what is God saying to me through His Word? So if there's something that God's been speaking to you listeners... Um, there's a spot in the back of your book called the Concordance, and it's kind of like an index, just in case you've never done any kind of Bible study. Yeah. Um, and you can just look up a word that's on your heart or mm-hmm. that you feel like is a theme. And if it's not in there, maybe there's a word that's similar to it um, or a synonym that you can that you can look up. And then there's also, if you find one passage in your Bible where maybe it speaks to the concept that God's talking to you about. You can also look, if you have a, a Bible with commentary, you can look at the the notes and see what other what theologians say about it, or you can just see what verses are linked to that passage mm-hmm. of Scripture. I know there are plenty of people that, that don't have a starting place for Bible study, and um, that's something that I really, really enjoy, yeah. and I know that Jess and Michaela do as well. And so if you guys have questions about how to dig into the Word and how to find answers about the questions that are on your mind... Um, again, as always, please feel free to email us, hello at collectedworkshops.com. Yeah, and one thing I really like to do is um, on a site like biblegateway.com or mm-hmm. something, look up the verses in multiple translations to yes. and see the yeah. differences. And also find the specific words you're looking up in the Greek. Yes. Because, you know, rest in one verse may be rest in another verse, but in the Greek, it might be two different Greek words used. Yep. And that'll shed so much light on, you know, the original Mm-hmm. The intent of the author. Yeah, and I and like it, to look up the Hebrew too. Yeah, the Hebrew, and it yeah. makes it so rich, and often you'll get a, a new insight that you wouldn't have gotten originally. Yeah. So I was thinking about our interview with Cheryl and how gentle she was. Mm-hmm. And speaking of words, this one time I looked up the word gentle mm-hmm. um, in the back of my Bible, mm-hmm. and it said quiet strength. Oh, I love that. And That's so what she has. Yeah, and it was like, I mean, I just... There was so much strength that that mm-hmm. you can you could hear and you could sense in um, in what she had to share with us, and yeah. so I was just thinking of that. And then you guys started talking about the process of how we you know how we unpack God's yeah. word. So yeah. anyway, it's really power. It's it's an amazing thing that we can do 
when we're reading His Word mm-hmm. to gain a greater understanding of what He's wanting to speak. Yeah, so that's awesome. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed our interview with Cheryl Wonderlick and that you'll check out her books and, uh, and her website. We'll have all of that listed for you in the show notes, and we'll meet you back here next week. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you would help spread the word. Check back here for weekly episodes dropping every Thursday. You can follow Collected on social media at Collected Workshops. Find The Collected Podcast on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash The Collected Podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Become a patron for as little as $1 a month to gain access to bonus content, early bird ticket sales, exclusive contests, and more. You can also find Tia at Tia McNally Notes, Jess at Spreza Foundry, and Michaela at The Creative Space NC. Collected proudly supports and partners with Flourish Kenya, a nonprofit working to prevent and support unplanned adolescent pregnancy in rural Kenya. Learn more at flourishkenya.org. Support for the Collected Podcast is provided by Clean Juice. Learn more at cleanjuice.com and be sure to check out their lifestyle arm at wellhappyandkind.com. Podcast recorded by Jacob Early. Music by Asaf Alon.